This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thank you so much to Dwell for supporting Made for This. Visit dwellapp.io slash made for this to get a 20% discount and start using your ears to renew your mind. That's dwellapp.io slash made for this for 20% off an annual or lifetime subscription. Now, here's Jenny. Guys, get ready. You are about to love, love, love this guest. If you don't know him, you probably do. Mike Todd is in the house. We are hey. so excited. We're so excited, Mike. You? What's up, all Man. the way? I'm excited to be here this morning. I love it. You know what? Here's here's what you got to know about Mike. Mike is one of those people that you meet and he's your best friend from the second you meet him. And that's how I feel about you, Mike. I feel like you're my brother. And it happened really fast. I mean, we bonded and then I was like, Mike, I need you in my life. Like he was pastoring me and you're younger than me. You were pastoring me, rocking my world about rest. And I wish we were talking about that today. I'm going to have you back on to talk about that today. We'll, we'll have to make that but another podcast. That's going to be another podcast because today we're talking about coping. And, and if you look around today, it's a wreck. The world is kind of in chaos and disarray. And, and I know this, that that the number one thing we all go to, it's just human, is we go to coping. And I have watched your stuff on pornography, and I'm telling you, it is world-changing. And guys, if you've not gotten his book on relationships, oh, like you have to get it. Because here's the thing, is everything is connected. We talk about that here on the podcast all the time. Our emotions, our thoughts, our relationships, our behaviors, like it's all wound up. You can't like piece out one of those things. And so let's talk about this today. We're going to get real. You're going to love it. Okay, let's go. So let's talk about coping. Let's talk about how it's going today with everything out of control. What is coping and why do we do it? What's what's our, what, why do we go to that? Well, the thing is, we fall back to our natural desires when we don't have direction. And that's the thing that most people don't realize. Like, you don't have to teach a kid to be bad. They come out in natural saying, mine, um, selfish, stop. Like, it's it's the natural or the nature of a person because we were all born into this fallen world. And the thing that everybody has to understand is when you start coping you, you really lose focus on the thing, the goal, the idea that you had, and you fall back to nature. And all of our nature is usually lower than where we want to actually be. Like you think mm-hmm. about it, when, when, when I'm um, trying to go on my weight loss journey and exercise and do all of these different things, and I lose focus of the goal, I don't go eat kale chips. Like I don't go and and have quinoa. Like I want a double cheeseburger, cake, ice cream, blueberry (laughs) cookies and cream. Like I fall back to my nature. And, And when you fall back to your nature, what you're trying to do is to temporarily feel better about a situation that you feel like you can't control. That's what coping Mm. it's a tip. It's, it's an attempt to temporarily feel better about a situation that you feel like you can't control. And in 2020, mm-hmm. 
as there are so many situations that seem like they're out of our control, whether they be racial issues, political issues, financial issues, the virus issues, all of these things that are out of our control, it seems like, well, what can I control? I can control how right. I feel. And when people say feel, you, mm. should, you should replace that word with flesh. All your feelings are, are an, a, a loud version of what your flesh wants, of what this flesh suit wants. And, and many times that's what we fall back to. It's when we cope, what does my flesh want? What, it, and that's why you can go have sex with somebody and not even like that person. What does my flesh want? That's why you can take this quick business deal that you don't even believe in. What does my flesh want? That's why you can go binge eat or binge watch or um, get stuck on that Target app or that Amazon app and buy every, because what does my flesh want at this moment? It wants to feel mm. about something that I can't control. And so, so many people are in this season and I really believe it's time for them to get a brand new focus or refocus. 2020 is not over. We still have some months that this could turn around and be the best year of our lives, but it's going to take us to stop coping and to get concentrated. And when we get concentrated on something, there's some. There's amazing things that can happen in that. Mm. I love what you're saying because what you're saying is we're going to go this direction. Like if we don't interrupt it and stop it and change something, like this is the route we're going to take because it's the least resistance. It's the current yeah. of human nature. And, and until we intentionally, and that's the thing that I tell people, I ask people all the time, what's the greatest gift that God gave you? And there's all kinds of different answers that people say, but I truly believe the greatest thing that God gave us was choice. He gave us mm. choice. Amen. And, 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 and when he gave us choice, he even says in his words, I present to you today life and death, and then gives us the answer to the test. Choose life. Like that's the answer. Yes. But but we yes. still have choice. And I think that for everybody that's listening right now, I, I believe this moment is to help you choose to interrupt the pattern, to choose to not just let the rest of this year happen to you, but you to happen to it, to choose to allow God to come in and intervene and be the one to help you get a new focus on what he's called you to do. And, and when you do that, you interrupt the plan that I really believe many times the enemy has for us, as well as the plan that our nature just takes us back to. And I believe that God did not just create us to survive. He created us to thrive, but he cannot do that without our participation. And so it's mm. time to make a choice. Like it's time to make a choice. <laughs> Let's talk about coping. And if it's ever a good thing, is it ever a good thing? Is there ever a coping that's okay? I, you know, I'm not going to speak for everybody. Maybe somebody has found a situation because I know many times coping, it is a defense mechanism. There are some people that are in really bad situations and I've counseled mm -hmm. people and I've been around people who have been in situations that without whatever their coping mechanism was, they wouldn't have been able to survive that season then to get out. So I, I don't want to say that there's never a, a time where coping comes in. I, I believe that, that God uses all things or can use all things if we let him. I do think that if we rely on those things as, as a foundation forever, that they will fall to somewhere down the road. Yeah, let's talk about that. Like what what happens? You counsel a lot of people, I do too. What happens down the road? So if we escape our pain and even if if it's with good things, but we don't actually deal with it, what happens over time? I tell people all the time that pain is an 
inevitable. It's going to happen to everybody. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a preacher. It doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom that is championing the kid. It You're going to experience pain. But I tell people that pain hurts more when it's pointless. Like when you don't actually find the reason and the meaning and the why and dig deeper into the root of it and you just stay on the coping mechanism level, but you don't go down and find out why you're coping and where did that really start and where did the hurt and what are those roots tied to? It hurts more because you never find the purpose in it. And mm. so I'm just encouraging people every time I see them, like, I'm cool. Like, there's no judgment that that's where you're at. Some people have to go to alcohol. Some people go to shopping. Some people go to networking and being in the in crowd or their Instagram or their children are their coping mechanism. They don't have a good relationship with their husband or, or their wife. And so what they do is they put all their attention, effort, energy, Etsy projects, everything on their kids, and they become mm. the mechanism to feel okay about their self, that their life means something. All I'm saying is wherever you're at today, is there something deeper? Because because mm. uh, if, if it's something that's just helping you maintain, the word maintain is a connotation that it is, it is nursing it to death. You don't you, you, wow. you maintain a car because we know as soon as you drive it off the lot, all you're going to be doing is nursing it until it doesn't work anymore. And right. that's what I feel like a coping mechanism is. It may be able to get you down the road a little further, but at some point it's going to lead you to something that won't work anymore. And that's why mm. it's a sad situation that sometimes we make our coping mechanism such a part of us. We don't know anything but that, but then 10 yeah. years down the road, 15 years down the road, when our kids leave the house, yeah. It's like something breaks. It's because it's no longer um, able to take you further. And so that's why I'm always encouraging people, no matter where you are, it's okay to have a coping mechanism. I mean, all of us have them in some area, some form. That's right. Yeah. Look at it and see what's under that. You'll never be able to actually find the real problem. And pain hurts more when it's pointless. Mm. Okay. Talk a little bit about your story with this, your journey with this. Oh man, how much time do we I have talking about <laughs> like that? I mean, there's so many different areas and so many different facets, but I'll talk about my relationship right now. I have the most beautiful wife in the world. Her name is Natalie. We've been married for 10 years. The crazy thing about it is we are high school sweethearts. I met her and we started dating when she was 14 and I was mm -hmm. And um, I love it. almost the most beautiful love story ever until I started letting culture and people's ideas and what the world said come in. And when I was about 21, 20, I started thinking like, yo, how could I commit to this one girl in, in, unless I experience so many other things? And so I, I call it my 10 months of insanity that that I went out and I dated other people and I messed around with other people and did all of this other stuff, devastated her, hurt her. She didn't deserve that at all, which made her start going and doing stuff and trying to cope with the hurt and the pain that I had caused. Mm. It, that 10 months of insanity caused 10 years of trust building. I need everybody mm. to say this right now. 10 months cost me 10 years. And when we were in that process of trying to build back up and get together and we were having sex outside of marriage, but we knew it wasn't what we were supposed to be doing and all that other stuff. I'm going to tell you about the gateway that tried to destroy my life. So now I'm trying to do the right thing and not have sex with her. 
And so what I end up doing is go to pornography. And, and, mm. and what happens is it became a coping mechanism. And, and I was so twisted and perverted in my mind that I, I thought it was a better option and then mm. actually doing this. And that's how the enemy will trick you up. And what it was doing was placing images in my mind and images in my heart that then would become the playlist or or the the mm. idea that I would be trying to fulfill in my life. And those, those perverted images and thoughts begin to ravage the way that I saw everybody I came in contact with, mm. begin to try to make me forfeit the call of God on my life. I mean, it was so bad because I thought I couldn't have this, so I need to do something to make myself feel better. And what I really needed to do was a real relationship, an authentic relationship with Christ. But I went to the counterfeit to make me feel, feel flesh better. And that thing, it, it literally laid under every success I had, every mm. step I moved forward. There was still this sludge, this nasty perverted. I mean, even when it looked like I was doing good things, I knew, like I knew what was under there. It wasn't until I had to come clean with everybody. What ended up happening, long story short, is me and Natalie are back together, headed towards marriage. And because of that sludge in my coping mechanism of pornography, I cheated on her a year before we were about to get married. And what mm. ended up happening right there is it destroyed. I mean, it, it destroyed everything. And I it was the greatest, the young lady that I cheated with, she told Natalie, and it, I wow. tell all the time, that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. It was the greatest mm. thing because it made me go down lower than my coping mechanism. It mm. said pornography wasn't the issue. It was some insecurity that was in me. There was something that I needed to be filled. There was a void that was lower than the coping mechanism. And that's what people try to do. They try to blame the thing they go to. Like it's the alcohol right. or it's the this or it's the that. And honestly, it's usually something on the inside of us that may be too hurtful to talk about or we may not want to identify but when I got found out in that season, it made me go to the root of it. And the root of it, Jenny, was an insecure little preteen that was chubby and wasn't liked by girls and wanted to feel special and wanted and needed some. And I had to deal with all of that crap. Like I had to deal with all of that. And the only way I could was coming clean and coming in accountability and having Christ at the mm -hmm. center of of my mess like this wasn't the christ yeah. center of my message this was the christ in the middle of my mess there was no mm. i didn't see any future i didn't see anything i just thought i was about to lose the best thing that ever happened to me because i was coping with pornography that then made me want to experience something that was illegal and it literally messed up everything in my life the reason i'm so passionate right now at whatever time in the yeah. morning see it's like the reason i'm so passionate yeah. <laughs> is because that I know that I could have stayed. I, I, I talk to guys all the time who are 40, 50, 60, 70 years old that still are at the wow. mechanism of pornography. And we're talking about wow. pornography because that's my story right now, but I don't know what everybody's yeah. situation is. Yeah. Some people have so many things that it's that, but it's really not that, it's deeper than that. So 
Dwell is an audio Bible app that Zach and I love using while we're driving around, and we've used it for years. You can change the volume on the voice and the background music and even repeat verses to memorize. It's completely customizable. They even have a new feature where you can search the whole Bible for a verse and listen to it with one click. They have so many unique voices to choose from and lots of different translations. What I love is just pushing play and listening to Felix read scripture to me because the way he reads it, it's like I'm experiencing it for the very first time. Verses that I've known, even memorized all my life, and I hear things that I've never heard before just because of the way he reads it. So if you're kind of feeling bored or stagnant with your time with Jesus, this is such a powerful way to kind of refresh that. To put in your AirPods and just walk around the neighborhood to have scripture read over you, it is so unique and it is so powerful. Visit dwellapp.io slash made for this to get a 20% discount and start using your ears to renew your mind. That's dwellapp.io slash made for this for 20% off an annual or a lifetime subscription. I want to stay here on the pornography thing because it is rampant. And I think what coming out of quarantine, it's like, okay, are we going to keep coping for the next two years? Or are we going to deal with our stuff? You know, and I think this is a powerful moment to deal with our stuff. I want you to just talk a little bit more about that because you're teaching on this. What I love, Mike, is that you tell the whole truth and you're fighting this. Like this isn't something that that you're willing to sweep under the rug of the church. Like you're like, no, like we're going to we're going to name our stuff and we're going to deal with it. And I think the numbers show that this has to happen like this needs to happen universally with all of our coping mechanisms. But today, since that's your story, I want you to talk specifically to the people fighting that because men and women, all different ages, listening right now, struggle with it. Or they're going to have a kid that struggles with it. So speak really plain and just talk about fighting that specific struggle. Well, you have to understand that the enemy's whole plan for humanity is to pervert what God says is good and make it bad. Mm. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. He literally says, you can eat of any tree in this whole garden, just not this one. And the enemy comes to pervert it, twist it, wicked. It just means to twist. He all Did he really say that? Like, that's all the enemy is trying to do is just put a little perversion in there. Because if, if you go just a degree off of the straight and narrow, after a while, it will end you up in a, in a whole nother stratosphere. And that's what pornography mm. does. It, it is the gateway to perversion. And, and what people don't realize is that perversion is the worst place you can be because it starts off with an image, but then the image becomes common. And when an image becomes common, it loses its allure. And so you have to level up and go to another level of perversion. Mm. And once you go to that next level of perversion, then you have to level up because it loses its sting and you have to go to mm. a new level of perversion. And that's what people don't understand. They think yeah. it's an image or just a video or just, no, it's a gateway to being full in perversion. Pedophilia doesn't start with pedophilia. It starts as an image that then gets upgraded to another level of perversion, to another level of perversion. Bestiality doesn't start off as bestiality. It starts with an image that, that then goes to another level of perversion. And that's why I try to tell people, we are being lulled to sleep by images that will end us up in a place that we would never even think we would be looking at, doing, participating in, because that's all the enemy wants to do. He wants to pervert. Mm -hmm. Sex is good. Sex is God's idea. Uh, the men and women's body mm. part, all of that is God. 
but culture and Christianity are so taboo on it. We don't talk about it. That for me, everything I learned about sex and sexuality was not from a pastor, a youth leader, my parents, or my church. It was from mm. MTV, BET, kids in the locker room, and people with perverted parents and magazines. That's where I learned about it. And the truth of mm. the matter is, in 2020, for all of these Christian moms and Christian fathers and all that stuff, if your kids are in 2020, if you're not intentionally talking about it, they're learning about it from other people as well. And you do not mm. get to interject God into it. You do not get to interject the, the purity into it or the virtue into it. They are learning it from people who have already done it from a distorted or a perverted place. And it is so mm -hmm. much harder yeah. to, to teach the right thing after I've learned the wrong thing. And that's why wow. I tell people, somebody asked me, it's like, should I bring my kids to this? Because I talked to them very well. I said, if your kids are over the age of eight years old, they need to be in there listening. I love it. I agree. Because- I'm not going to call any names, but all these networks, they're planting images and ideas in our kids' heads right now. Yep. Yep. I, all of these shows and all of these streaming services and, and all of these toy companies, they are planting images about sex and sexuality in our kids' head. And I understand that as a parent of three, that, that we don't want to be the ones, the fear is we don't want to be the ones to introduce them to it. I flipped that. You need to be the one to introduce them to it. You need to be the one. And you may not say it right and you may not get it right, but I would have been saved so much if I would have had people who knew God and, and understood the world we lived in to give me the first idea of what the standard would be, even if I would mess it up. Even if I would miss it, mm. at least I would have had a standard that was set by somebody who had a godly perspective. But instead, my standard was set by culture. And when culture sets standard for what God has made, it then is already at a lower level than what God created it to be. And so what I encourage people all the time when it comes to pornography and images and sex and sexuality and all of that, if we're honest, that's one of the biggest coping mechanisms of adults. And I don't know how real you want to get, Jenny, but from, Let's from, go. from people pleasing themselves to people watching stuff or reading romantic novels to all of these things that people are doing, all you're trying to do is feel something. And what God is saying is I can give you peace that passes understanding. I can give you a drink and, and you'll never thirst again. I can help you deal with the root issues to the point where that you be in a place where you can be mateable and be in a relationship and not self-sabotage the whole thing, but you got to bring it to me. And, 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 mm -hmm. and, and I just really believe that in this culture, if the church doesn't talk about this, if pastors don't talk about this, if people of influence don't talk about this, we are literally abdicating the truth that we have for culture to be able to define something that has never worked for them. Like yeah. relationships, yes. culture does not do relationships well. And we keep deferring to them when God has given us a playbook. That's why I wrote Relationship Goals. That's why I, I said, if I ever get an opportunity to be authentic about what I didn't have, like I wish somebody would have told me what it would have mean, meant to really be a virgin when I got married and to share that with my wife, but because culture was defining it for me and not just the like churchy answers. Like, like I had people tell me like, don't have sex before you get married. But that was the only thing they said. Like there was no why, there was no understanding mm. that was 
no revelation behind it. And so for me, I think that the days of the church being able to just say something that's not lived out and explained are over. I can't just hear you tell me something and then you're not living it and you're not telling me why. And Mike, that's where your stuff is changing the world because I mean, I don't know how many views y'all have had on that pornography series. I know you get like 58, 59 million, maybe more than that on your relationship stuff. So, but here's why guys is because he's saying all the hard stuff and we've got to not be afraid of saying that it's resonating with people. People are dying on the vine. It's not like they're sitting there going, man, I'm just finding life and peace over here. They're realizing people realize it isn't working and their relationships are failing and they're isolated and they're not happy. So, so this isn't working. And, and the cool thing is, is there's a way out. And what I love about what you're saying right now is you're, you're hopeful. You're like, listen, he can change it all. Like Jesus can interrupt it and he can change it all. I mean, let's talk about your relationship right now. Cause I saw all the images of y'all getting hitched again. I mean, that was so beautiful. Your kids are there. Like, Mike, I mean, you, one thing you do that I love is you you show us your family and there's joy and there's peace. And I don't know your wife yet. I can't wait to know her. But man, do I like her. Like everything you've said about her, I'm like, she's tough. And she has stuck in this. And what a team y'all seem to be. Well, this is the thing that I tell people. Number one, Natalie is not dumb. If she wouldn't be in this relationship, if I didn't change, that's the first thing. And that's where I want everybody to realize that, that God can change your life. I am a living witness. Like, I, I mean, if I go down my rap sheet of things, like six years ago, I had a potential felony case. Like, I, I mean, there's so many things that's like, how is that due to pastor? And why do people listen to him? But I tell <laughs> all the time that God really is in the transformation business. That's why our church is named Transformation Church is because God is the only one that can take the mess of your life, turn it into your message, can take the pieces of your life and turn it into a masterpiece. He's the only one that is undefeated at doing those type of things. And I live that out every day. So I just feel this so strong for anybody that's listening that feels like you're too far away from where you think you should be. God, if you allow him to, if you cast your cares, if you come to him, if you repent, which all that means is turn and you come to him, he can take everything that is horrible right now. Like literally every horrible thing, Jenny, in my life is why people like me now. Like every, like, like every, every mess so that I ever did is, is when I share the testimony and share how God has changed us and transformed us. It's the thing that people are like, yeah, I can rock with him. And so my marriage today is, I mean, when I tell you I'm more in love with my wife today than I've ever been in my entire life, like we're 10 years in, we just celebrated a decade of being together married. We have three beautiful children, Ava, MJ, and Isabella. We are literally in the prime of our life making memories and moments together because we actually do not just love each other. We like each other. And this is where I tell people all the time when it comes to relationship, I love a lot of people that I don't like. And in a, in, in a marriage, in a relationship, you need to like the person that you're with. Yes. And, yes. and that takes work. That takes time. Yep. That takes investment. Yep. That takes energy. But God has so yep. beautifully restored. If you would have told me 10 years ago that we would be sharing about how God has made our marriage an example and we're able to share. <laughs> Honestly, I would have just told you you was lying. But to watch how God has beautifully weaved together our lives and put us around community. Mm. You know, the best thing about my life is I don't have to be fake at all. 
there is not one ounce of being unauthentic in me. Like yep. on this interview, when I preach to my church, I'm I'm in a series right now called F you at my church, forgiveness university. <laughs> like and that's just how it came to me because people need to learn how to forgive, but they really want to say yeah. F you, but let's now turn yeah. it <laughs> and help people forgive you. But it's all right. of it. I I don't have any and I just feel I know what it's like to live a lie and to put on in front of different people and on different platforms and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah. I have in Christ right now to be exactly who I am, the version I am today is the most freeing thing. Knowing mm-hmm. that I'll be better five years from now, maybe 10 years from now, I wouldn't do a series called F you. But today, but today <laughs> I am, because I can be authentic with me. And I just believe that that's what God wants for everybody. And it's available for everybody. Like, that's the thing people need to hear. I'm not special. I'm yeah. surrendered. Like, mm. that's different. I'm not special. I actually will do what God asked me to do. I actually will try, even if it's hard. I'll actually admit, I messed that up. And and I just encourage people all the time. God is not looking for special people. He's looking for surrendered people. That's right. When you're surrendered, mm. I'm telling you, he can do more with a surrendered person than uh, a person who has everything together. Mike, thank you. This is incredible. Wow, we hope you guys love today's conversation with Pastor Mike, Todd, and Jenny. And if you're not following Pastor Mike on Instagram, you are missing out. You can follow him at I am Mike Todd on Instagram. And don't miss his new book that just came out this year called Relationship Goals. We will put the link to find that book in the show notes, but you can find it anywhere books are sold. You know where to go. So glad you were here today. Thanks for listening to the Made for This podcast. Podcast.